Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be um, episode 52, and we're going to do the readings for the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So uh, let's begin with the, uh, the opening prayer, the act of contrition, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us all to everlasting life. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay. Now the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the, you alone are are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, sorry, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay, so, um, in today's reading, um, we're going to get the first part in Isaiah, as God is calling people to mercy, to repentance calling people to abandon their crooked and also their wicked ways. And then we're going to go to the Psalms, which is devotion to God, which is a key. We're going to learn also, we're going to learn from Isaiah that God's ways are different, that they're not, they cannot be understood. He's higher than us. His ways are more higher. His ways are more holy. His ways are untouchable. Our only duty is to surrender to him. Paul look will look at everything to him is Christ. Being alive and dead, he's alive and dead in Christ. Being free or prisoner, he's free and prisoner in Christ. There is no middle ground for him. There is no alternative. There is no compromise. Uh, Paul does not believe in compromise, and we shouldn't either. Uh, in the, uh, you know, in the um, the gospel, we're going to learn about that it doesn't matter how, um, it doesn't really matter how long we've been a Christian. Matthew will uh, will show that Christ to Christ. It doesn't matter if you were a Christian a thousand years ago or a Christian today. 
all is equal to Christ. All will receive salvation in Christ the same way. So let's start with the readings. Okay, the first reading is from um, Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy. To our God who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my way, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. Seek the Lord while he is, while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God who's going, who's generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts are above your thoughts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 145. The response is, the Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him to all who call upon him in truth. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. Okay, one more time. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. 
The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 20 to 24, 27. For me to live is Christ. Beloved, Christ will, will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, life is Christ and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I will choose. I'm caught between the two. I long to depart this life and to be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet, that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. Only conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. One more time. Beloved, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, life is Christ and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I shall choose. I am caught between the two. I long to depart this life and to be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. Only conduct yourselves in a, ver in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your Son. Alleluia, alleluia. Acts 16, verse 14. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Are you envious because I am generous? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off, and he went out again around noon, and around three o'clock, and did, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand there idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You two go into my vineyard. When it is when it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his, his uh, foreman, Summon the laborers 
and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, to each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burdens and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? This, thus the last, will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So the first reading, um, Isaiah, it starts off with an invitation. Um, the prophet's calling us, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. That's actually a very beautiful line. It's a very welcoming, uh, caring, a caring advice. It's a call, an invitation. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Because, I mean, this here happened, this, this event of Isaiah, I'll probably... Right after the uh, the exile period, and it's you know remember the children of Israel, even under Jeremiah, they lost their way. I mean, it was it was bad. They lost their way completely. They went astray. They fell into, into sacrificing their children, their sons and daughters to, to Baal, to Ashrath, to demons. You know, Baal was a demonic looking statue, like a bull. So hence you can see where the, the devil's horns, the demonic horns came from. And then Ashrath, she was the goddess, a demon that made men into women and women into men. She was a transgender goddess. And as you can see, these things are happening again. 
They're happening again. In our, in our time, human beings, the devil wants, he always wants to attack the image and likeness of God. And that's, that's a fact. People who are confused, people who, who are so desperate with their autonomy have to make a sacrifice. Personal freedom, sexual freedom comes with a sacrifice. Look what it says here next. Next line. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy. The scoundrel, the double crosser, <clears throat> the, the one who's constantly using people, the one who's always constantly cheating people, the one who, who never keeps a promise, the one who is always taking advantage, a manipulator, a, no, uh, a user, someone who uses people as ob objects. And then it says here, the wicked, his thoughts, the imagination of an individual who's always thinking perverted things, his thoughts. The person's thoughts. How many people we met that way? And how many times some of us may have been that, may have come to that uh, behavior. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy. To our God, who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. This, this is important. The minute our thoughts move away from God, move away to to a territory that's alien, because when we sin. We're, we are so far away. We're far away. When we commit these acts, yes, maybe in the beginning we may get a high. Oh, it feels good. Oh, I got what I wanted. You know, or I made them do, I made her do what I wanted to, you know, what I wanted her to do. She, you know, the person is under my power now, my influence. Or... I finally got, stole that money. I got that money. I cheated that person. I convinced them that it was my money. It's terrible. You know, constantly, it's power. It's all about power. It's all about ourselves. And then suddenly, we're, 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 we're by ourselves. Even though we could be living in the same household it's, you're far away. You're an alien. Especially when you know maybe your partner or your friends or your family members know what you did. They don't know you anymore. They don't know you. Or maybe you know someone who did a sinful things. You don't know them anymore. You've changed. You've grown cold. You've grown ugly. You're a stranger. They don't recognize you. And maybe in most cases, 
you begin to hate them because they see you for who you really are. It happens. That's what sin does. We have to surrender ourselves to him completely. Totally. We need to surrender ourselves to him. We need to see ourselves as, you know, have to see ourselves for what we really are and commit ourselves to change. How do we do it? How do we, how do we change? How do we move away from that darkness to light? Well, you can't do it. I can't do it. He does it. He changes us. He makes us into a new creature. We have to live as he lives. We have to think as he thinks. We have to accept the fact that we need him. And without him, we're lost, we're ugly, and we're miserable. We need him. We need his mercy. Let him turn to the Lord's for mercy. To our God who is generous and forgiving. We need his mercy. We need his forgiveness. We need his love. But you can't do it. He has to do it. All right. Let's move on to the next. The purpose for the Psalms is to teach us how to pray. The purpose of the Psalms is to, you know, to help us explore um, our relationship with God. Help us to explore what we're going through, what we're feeling. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I mean, that episode in The Chosen uh, about Psalm 77 Psalms that deal with anger, loss, loneliness, disappointment, brokenheartedness. That's that's that the, those are those, the Psalms cover those territories. Here, the psalmist is pointing out that our attention should be completely for God, and it's Psalm 145. Okay, so the Lord is near to all who are who call upon him. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. See, you have to you have to really, I think for us, we have to surrender ourselves to these these kind of psalms. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Okay, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, 
to all who call upon him in, in, in truth. Because you have to, when you pray to God, you have to be totally, completely, you have to realize you have to be open. He sees what you don't want to see. He knows what you don't want him to know. You can't hide who you really are. You have to, you have to be honest. You have to be honest and you have to be truthful. You need God. You need God in your life. Okay? It doesn't matter how wise or how strong you are. You need God. You need God in your life. Okay, let's move on from there. Okay, so now um, let's look into Paul's letter to the Philippians. Christ will be magnified in my body, whether, uh, whether by life or by death. You have to admit that's quite an unbelievable statement of faith. Magnified in my body. Why would he focus on Christ being magnified in his body? Because Paul is offering, is he's uniting his physical self, his spiritual self, <clears throat> his body with Christ. He's offering his life, his physical life. He's uniting it with Jesus on the cross. He's imitating Christ. And of course, you know, this would obviously be fasting. This would obviously be, you know, the fact that he was physically attacked, beaten, flogged. He's, he's magnifying, he's, he's glorifying Christ, he's worshiping Christ. When he fasts, he's worshiping God. When he's doing penance, he's magnifying Jesus Christ, he's worshiping Jesus Christ. He's offering himself and Jesus is strengthening him, glorifying himself in in the, in the physical part of Paul's life because Christ had a real body. Christ uh, was in, is God incarnate in the flesh. Christ did not ignore the physical. Christ did not ignore the material world. The material and the spiritual world is all united in Christ. And Paul knows this. And he goes on, for to me, life is Christ and death is gain. Life is Christ and death is gain. In other words, life, living, breathing, eating, moving, dancing, working, uh, get, going to sleep and getting up is Christ and to die is equally 
Christ in his life is gain. If I, if I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. That means he can continue to preach, to baptize, to, to marry people, to, um, to glorify Jesus through every, through his everyday living. Um, and you know, he can continue to build the church and I do, I do not know which I shall choose. In other words, he, he, to, to him, everything is equal good. Everything is a blessing, whether living or dying is to him the same. How many of us think that way? How many of us actually think and believe that way? This is why we need to conform our mind to the gospel of Christ. This is why Paul is not afraid to die. Paul is not afraid of starvation. Paul is not afraid of ship being shipwrecked. Paul is not afraid of, of physical pain, of torture, because it's all, it all, it's all in Christ for him. And he doesn't know which one he'll choose because all of it is equal to him. I am caught between the two. Imagine that he's caught to him. Both is beneficial to him. Both is equally blessing. Both is equally beautiful to him. I am caught between the two. I long to depart this life and be with Christ for that is far better yet far better. So yeah, he admits being with Jesus, dying and shaking off this mortal coil and joining Christ is to him. He think he knows it's far better because he can, he can be with Jesus. He can be with his love. Okay. Um, I long to part, to depart this life and be with Christ for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. Yeah, because that means he can teach because he know he wants to bring as many souls to Christ as possible. He wants to bring as many souls to conversion as possible. That to him is necessarily far better for now. Only conduct yourselves in a in a worthy manner. Of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants us to imitate him. He wants us to live like him, to think like him, to, to, to worship like him. And we, that's what we need to do. So, <clears throat> I have to say, well, honestly, we have it a lot harder because we have so much more distractions than people like Paul. Paul didn't have smartphones. He didn't have the internet. He didn't have the a computer laptop computer. He didn't have cable TV. He didn't have any of those things. He didn't have magazines. He didn't have any of those things. He knows that if he if he you know if he if he completely lives himself lives and surrenders him. If we follow his footsteps and think the way he does, act the way he does think the way he does just accept it you will see that it's beneficial you will see 
how real Christ is. Paul, we have to imitate him in this manner. We have to imitate him. Be with him and imitate him. That's the only way. That's why praying, I mean, I think St. Paul is a good role model. I think St. Peter is a good role model, but the best role model is Christ. Paul does not fe- did not fear death and he did not fear life. But he would rather be with Jesus than be doing this. And I think we have to learn to think that way too. All right, let's move on uh, to the to the gospel. All right, so the landowner is Christ in this gospel. The vineyard, the land, is, you could say it's the world, but at the same time, it's really the church because the vineyard is the church. And he goes out in the dawn and he see he goes to the marketplace. The Greek word for marketplace is agora. If you go to Jerusalem, there's something called the agora gate. It's the Greek word for marketplace, public place. The gospel has to compete in the public place, in the world. It's going to compete with different ideas, different philosophies, different religions, different people. It's where all the people meet. Right? We meet in the world, in in the, in the, in the, um, the marketplace of ideas. We've heard that term before. The gospel has to be there. The gospel has to compete on equal and even better with everybody else. Jesus used to preach in the marketplace, in the agora, where people would pass by, people would listen, people would exchange ideas with each other, the apostles, the disciples, the followers of Christ, the body of Christ has to be out there. Okay? <clears throat> he goes out at dawn. He goes out at nine o'clock. He goes back, he goes back at twelve, and he sees he sees men, men, people, young men, of possible disciples to go out there. And he says to them, go into my vineyard and work and I will pay you the wages. The wages are eternal life. Okay. And he goes back again, uh, you know, maybe two o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock. The last are five o'clock and he pays them the same. He, then he says, call the last, the last will be first and the first will be last. And he gives them all the same wages. The first complaint. You you gave these people the same amount of money you've given us, and we worked longer. Time doesn't mean anything to God. All right? Whether it's a thousand years ago or five minutes ago, you came into salvation. Everybody will receive eternal life. And it's his right to do this, to do so. There's no favoritism. There's no like, you are more favored than them. Yes, you got 
others who have gone through maybe greater trials. He's not talking about that. Everyone is going to receive eternal life. Everyone will, will, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Everyone worked in the vineyard. And that itself shows you that God loves everyone equally. There's no favoritism with God. There's no, you know, I mean, if you notice, he really didn't have any favoritism. He may have called John the beloved disciple. He may have given Simon Barjona the name Peter. But he's also rebuked him. And he's also rebuked the sons of Zebedee, calling them sons of thunder, which was really um, because of their temper that they inherited from their father. But everybody is loved equally. Christ died for everybody. Okay? And it doesn't matter, you know, what your past is. It matters that you believe in Christ and you acknowledge you're a sinner and you acknowledge you, how you lived your life was wrong. Everybody receives eternal life. Everybody will be equally happy. Everybody will be in Christ. This is important. This is important that we can't go around thinking, you know, there's going to be favoritism. You know, um, this person was in this order. This person went this. This person lost an, an arm. This person got flogged. This person was a prisoner for 13 or 15 or 20 years. This one here uh, was imprisoned uh, unlawfully. No, everybody is equal. God will know each person's situation. Everybody is equal in the Lord. Okay? And we all got to compete with in the world. We all got to compete with with our felt with everybody. There's no such thing as anyone is more holy than anybody else. No. Paul himself saw everything equal. He didn't think his salvation was better than Simon Peter's. He didn't think Simon Peter's salvation was better. He didn't see himself. He came much later. He didn't even know Christ personally when Christ was on earth. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus in his glory. <clears throat> the apostles were there from the beginning, from his baptism and they, they witnessed his resurrection. They, they abandoned him when he, was, when he was arrested. So there's no favoritism. Everybody is equal. Everybody is loved the same. Everybody's reward will be equal. There's no measure like you getting closer to the throne. You sitting at the right and left. That's 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 fantasy. That's you know, that's what that's what James that's what uh, Big James and John wanted, the sons of Zebedee, they wanted that. It's it's you know that's that does that that's just that's just foolishness. Everybody is loved, everybody's called to salvation, everybody is called. 
to, to be in Christ. Anyway, so let's um, end it here and let's go to the, um, let's go to the, uh, the creed. Okay. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. All things are visible, and of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with, who, who with the Father and the Son was adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. He conf uh, I confess um, I, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Okay. So let's begin here with the um, Our Father. Actually, we'll say three Hail Marys and then Our Father. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.